What's up? How's everyone doing? Out there in Whipland. Hope you're all doing well. Um, I've had a pretty fun week. Pretty exciting week. Um, despite fall coming in, which is not my favorite season. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. I, I'm not particularly fond of what comes after fall. Living up here in the Midwest. But hey, I'm trying to make the best of it. And uh, seasonal affective disorder is going to lose this year. So anyhow, um, I just cooked seared ahi tuna. What a great meal that was. Probably about six months ago, I went to a local restaurant here in Valparaiso, Indiana called Stacks, And it's this old library that used to be, used to be there in, I believe, the 1940s, maybe even 1930s or even older. And recently, probably two, three years ago, they converted it into a restaurant. So that's the theme. You walk into the restaurant and you look around and there's all these old, there's all, a bunch of vintage antique books lining the shelves. So it kind of gives you that, it's that low lighting feel like you're kind of, you're, you're hanging out and eating a fancy dinner in a library. It's pretty cool. Um, but I got this, this appetizer, which was the seared ahi tuna for the first time about six months ago. And it was the first time ever eating tuna that was cooked in a different way than, uh, than the can. Any tuna I've ever eaten up until that point, I ate out of a can. There's better ways to cook tuna, right? So just recently, um, I found some, some ahi tuna raw uh, at the grocery store. We brought the fish home, and, and I cooked it up. I seared it. Seared tuna. Ahi tuna is, is a very pure fish. It has no parasites, no worms, or anything of this sort in it. So that means you can literally, if you want to, cut it up raw and just eat it. Then you won't get sick, which is actually pretty amazing. Um, considering other types of meats like pork and chicken, poultry, you got to cook that stuff, man, or you'll get sick, or you can get sick. But this, this ahi tuna is really something. It's so incredibly lean. And the way that you make seared ahi tuna is it comes in these steaks, probably about an inch, sometimes thicker, um, in diameter, about an inch tall. And you just put some olive oil in a pan, season the fish with a little bit of um, a little bit of salt and pepper, and you just sear the edges for literally like a minute each. And the idea is to get the outside crispy and the inside is still raw. Kind of how you would cook a steak. Um, but even more rare inside. So you get it out, you cut it into these nice thin strips and add a little bit of wasabi aioli sauce to it. Gives a little bit of spice, a little bit of heat. You can put it on some tortilla chips with a side of avocado. That's how they served it at the restaurant, Stacks. And uh, it's, it's delightful. It's such a tasty meal. And uh, it basically was the end of a great week. I had a really good week despite, you know, fall coming in. Um, it's been fun. I, I went flying yesterday. I took up a, a little Cessna 172 single-engine plane and um, just took it up to stay current. And the wind was gusting to 22 knots, uh, which is about eh, 25 miles per hour. Um, and it's been a while since I've flown in wind like that, and it was gusting like crazy. So, But overall, it was a good time, and I had a good week. I uh, got a whole bunch done on the um, the new tutorial. 
Uh, it's currently about 75 to 80% finished. That's filmed and edited. I'm editing it and I'm shooting it at the same time so I don't have to do all this work at once. So I'm excited about that. I think you guys are going to like it. It's going to be a it's not going to be a short tutorial, that's for sure. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be about an hour 20 or maybe even an hour 30. So here's a full feature tutorial for you guys. So make sure you uh, make, make, make yourself um, have a full day to watch. I'm just kidding. It's not that long. But I think you guys are going to enjoy it and learn some new stuff. Um, 2018 Los Angeles Whip Cracking Convention uh, coming up here. January 6th and 7th. So I would love to see all of you there. More information on that on my YouTube channel, uh, Nick's Whip Shop. Got a video in the announcements. Uh, in the announcements video, the recent announcements video for October. You'll get some more info on that. So I'm excited, guys. A lot of cool stuff's coming up. And um, I think it's going to be a, a good end of the year and good beginning to a new year. Getting up bright and early tomorrow, probably about 8 a.m., heading up to probably Holland, Michigan. Last chance of water spouts for 2017. That's exciting. Throwing the drone in the car, I'm gonna try to get some aerial footage of a water spout, which is a type of tornado that forms over warmer water with relatively cool air above it. Warm air rises from the water and interacts with the low-pressure system that's in the area. And the cumulus clouds forming above draw the air upwards. And it's kind of like a teamwork effort on both the clouds sucking the air up into, inside them, the convective clouds, and the warm air rising off of the warm, relatively warm water temperature. So hopefully we'll get some water spouts. And if I do, you can go head over to um, my YouTube page for weather. And that's youtube.com slash stormchasernick. Those are my storm chasing adventures in the Great Plains, as well as different uh, films that I like to make. I'm Nick Schrader, and you are listening to Whipcast. <laughs> I don't know guys that song might have to go i'm not that fond of that song that is a song Some, somebody was asking where'd you get your music that was actually um a title track um to an album that i released in 2012 called behind the painted glass it was on itunes uh for a while and i actually let my my um hosting service it was called tunecore i don't even know if they're still around it was a way to like bypass record label companies and just do it yourself which is what I like to do and uh, yeah I had a I had an album on iTunes and all the Google Play and all that stuff I don't know if Google Play was around then I think it was um, yeah I had it up there for a year and then I just let it expire but yeah that's where that came from you can still find some of the songs if you just search my name and then music after my name some things will come up on on YouTube I have a few uh, a few of the songs still up on there, so if you're curious.
So the 2018 Los Angeles Whip Cracking Convention is coming up, guys, January 6th and 7th, 2018. This is a two-day event hosted by Adam Winrich. This year we have a special guest, Peter Thorndike, who's flying out from Australia. And he is a master at making whips. When I saw his work for the first time, it was surreal. And you don't have to be a whip maker to appreciate his work. All these guys are unreal. Paul Nolan, Blake Bruning, Steve Townsend, Thea Reed, April Choi, Dakota Winrich. All these, all these people are, are unbelievable whip makers, and you're going to be able to see their work in person at the 2018 Los Angeles Whip Cracking Convention. So I'm excited about that, and I hope you guys are as well. Um, something else I didn't mention last episode about the convention is that there are going to be prizes. Um, we whip makers who are going there are donating whips. Um, I'm going to be dona donating a couple whips. I know uh, Steve Townsend donated one. Blake Bruning also uh, Did I say downloading? <laughs> donated, excuse me. Um, yeah, uh, we whip makers, we, we like to make some whips and just donate them to the uh to the event so there are awards that you can win these are high dollar whips guys some of these are four or five hundred dollar whips that you can win um at the at the competition on day one that's on the sixth and on the seventh is a day of instruction you can sign up you can pay these different whip makers and they're going to have little on the field clinics where you can sit around in a circle at the park and learn valuable information uh, from these whip makers. For full information uh, about the 2018 Los Angeles Whip Cracking Convention, please uh, visit the Facebook page. Um, I put a link on my Nick's Whip Shop Facebook page. Um, so you can just visit, visit my page and there's a link that'll take you directly there. And feel free to ask questions if you have any. So. Hope to see you guys all there. So let's get on with some questions. All right. Matthew commented on my current nylon bullwhip making tutorial and said, get an archery serving device for easy wrapping. Um, Matthew, I've heard of this device before. Apparently it's like a, like a bobbin kind of deal where you can uh, loosen or tighten the tension and then just you don't have to worry about holding um, tension with your fingers around the spool of, of uh, artificial sinew. It just you can you can tighten or loosen it. So all you have to do is worry about wrapping. So I'm going to look into that for sure. I appreciate it, Matthew. Um, Aaron commented uh, just as the straight comment to the channel and said, "Can you have a one belly bullwhip?" And Aaron, you can. You certainly can. A lot of whip makers make their whips with one belly. Some, some whip makers don't, don't even use plated bellies. They just, uh, they'll actually build up the core with, with uh, paracord strands and staggered strands. So you certainly can, Aaron. Um, give it a try. Uh, here's another comment just directly to the channel. <coughs> How should I go about testing a whip before giving it to a friend? My mother told a friend of ours that I can make whips. 
I would need to make sure it's the best it can be since our friend is, so, is excuse me, co-founder of a retired racing horse program. Also, she won't be on a horse when using the whip, so I will make her a six-foot whip. Um, the best way to go about testing a whip, Aaron, before, uh, before you give it away, is to use it. Um, get... Um, depending on how many whips you've made before, um, you know, that kind of depends on, you know, that adds a few factors to it, but take it outside and work that whip, crack it a bunch of times and crack it hard a few times too, to make sure that everything is in place, make sure the knot foundations are not going to be sliding off on you and just use it. Don't abuse it, but use it, you know, make sure that it's going to, do its do its job and be a fully functioning working whip. So that's what I recommend, Aaron. That's pretty cool. Oh, wow. Co-founder of a retired race. Interesting. Yeah, just uh, just use the whip, Aaron. Crack it a bunch of times. Um, here's a comment from Andrea on my original six foot tutorial. Hi, Nick. I have a quick question for you. Let me uh, make this bigger. I always forget to do this. I'm sitting reasonably far away from the screen, too. There we are. Uh, Andrea. Hi, Nick. I have a question for you. I just started your instruction for the bullwhip. Because I am German, I used um, meters and centimeters, and six feet is nearly two meters. So that's where... That's what I started with. After doing the handle, filling it with the BBs, and doing the electrical tape over it, I thought I made, uh, excuse me, I thought I better measured it. I know, a bit late, now I have an 8-foot whip including the handle. Now my question, should I just cut it shorter, and does it matter um, if the BBs are filling up more than the half? Or cut it, and open it up again, or make an eight-foot whip. And I hope uh, I manage to convert the measurements right. Thanks for your help. I really like your video, and hope to finish my first bull whip soon. That's a good question, Andrea. Um, when you're converting from U.S. Um, to metric, man, what is wrong with our country? We're like the the last one of the last countries to still use our crazy system. We need to get with the uh, get with the big picture, I guess. Yeah, Andrea. Um, sorry for our uh, system. <laughs> um, yeah, you can cut it. It depends on it depends on how thick the end of the whip is. Depends on how the taper is. If the last two feet are consistently the same, uh, if it's the same width all the way to the end, like six feet to the end, six feet to eight feet, last portion of the whip. If that's all pretty close in diameter, then you can just cut it off and turn it into a six-foot whip. But if it's if it's still pretty thick, um, two feet from the end, you know, if you cut it, your your fall hitch area is going to be pretty thick, and what that's going to do, unfortunately, is cause the whip to be more difficult to crack because it's heavier. The handle to fall hitch ratio is going to be big to not so small. So it's going to be, there's going to be more drag there. Um, so it just depends, Andrea, how, what the whip is looking like. Um, 
If you'd like to send me a picture of that whip, I could further assist you in what to do. So if you could send me a, a, a photograph of the whip to Nick, N-I-C-K-W, Schrader, S-C-H-R-A-D-E-R, hope you like that German name, <laughs> at gmail.com. And send me the picture, and I can further assist you. Otherwise, um, just use your best judgment. Here is a question from Squiddy on my installing a feral tutorial. Squiddy had a very kind comment on one of my uh, my weather videos. He he said that Pecos Hank 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 Shima, who's a very well known st uh, storm chaser, had competition because of my videos, and that really meant a lot to me because I look up to Hank, and he's an inspiration to me. So Squiddy, that really uh, I didn't forget that, bro. I appreciate it. Hey, Nick, I have a question. If I wanted to wax a whip with a ferrule, would the metal be tarnished at all by the wax? No, it, it wouldn't, Squiddy. I used to think that it would, but it does not harm the, the ferrule whatsoever. It will not tarnish it. As soon as it comes out of the wax, I wipe it off first. So just to, because I don't like, sometimes the wax will, it'll cool and, and freeze and harden and the crevices, crevices of the, uh, of the ferrules, and I just like to wipe it first. So, even if I'm completely wrong and it will tar tarnish the, uh, the ferrule, which I I'm 99.9% .9 sure that it won't. Wiping it will, you know, assure that it's not going to cause any tarnishing. Good question though. Uh, here's a comment from Combonation. On my most recent video I put out, uh, like last night, I think. It just talks about what this podcast is because I was kind of vague about it in one of my videos. And I said, nah, I'm going to clear things up and talk, go a little more in depth about it. Um, you have, this isn't a question, it's just a kind remark here. You have, you have such a sm uh, smooth, serene voice that it's great that you're making a podcast. Thanks for being a cool dude. You're very welcome. I, that really means a lot to me. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Um, here's a comment on the wooden handle tutorial by Constantinos. Nick, uh, what's the binding material you're using? Um, I use artificial sinew, Constantino, Constantinos, excuse me. Um, artificial sinew is, it's like a, basically a waxed nylon fibrous thread that mimics real, um, animal tissue sinew that they used to use years ago. Native Americans used to use it, um, early pioneers and, and so on. You can still buy real sinew, but it's going to cost you like $20 for a 20 foot spool. It's insane. The amount, uh, the, the price that they charge you for that. But I use artificial sinew for my binding every now and then I'll use Dacron thread, uh, excuse me, Dacron tape, which is hard to get, and I'm actually running pretty low, and I'm going to be have, having to search for it um, again. So I'll be making a video about that probably soon. But primarily artificial sinew is what I use to bind my whips with. Comment from Wilson. Um, make a stock whip how-to. I've gotten that request so many times, Wilson, and... Um, I do plan on doing it, but like I said in a previous episode of Whipcast, 
I'm not to the point where I feel comfortable making a tutorial on how to make a stock whip because, well, I haven't made very many of them and I need more practice and I need to perfect it on my own before I feel like it's fair for me to teach other people to do it. So until then, um, sorry, I, I, I'm not ready to do that. I'm going to probably have a little bit of time off soon around Thanksgiving, so maybe I'll have some time to practice making some stock whips and uh, perfecting that so that I can. I, I will make a video in the future. I just don't know exactly when. But I'll hang in there, Wilson. I'll make one. Here's a comment from Juliet on my wrist loop tutorial. Hi, we love your videos. Why, thank you. I have young whipmaker 12 who wants to know if you can please post a video showing how to use the yellow mesh tape or direct us to anyone you may have already posted. Thanks. Um, how to use the yellow mesh tape? Um, I have a... In the video, I think it was the Binding Bellies tutorial, I did show how to use that, Juliet. Um, actually, this current tutorial that, that's coming out um, next week or in two weeks, I, I'll have it done definitely within two weeks, but uh, it's, it's about making a matched pair of whips, and in there I will be using uh, the mesh tape. So, Juliet, when that, that comes out, I'll uh, just look for that and include it in that video. You will see me using the uh, mesh tape. And it's not actually yellow. What's yellow on it is the protective coating. Like, you know how when you have double stick tape, uh, you have one side of it has this plastic that protects the stickiness so it doesn't get unsticky? That's all the yellow part is. You're meant. It's you're supposed to peel that stuff off, so you're just left with a, a white mesh. So, Juliet, that video is coming up soon, and in there you will see uh, how to use that as a bolster material. There's a comment from David on my "What is Whipcast" video. So here's a question: Can you plate too tightly? I made a three-foot snake whip, and the plating is beautiful. It's uniform and the best I've done thus far, but it does not flow at all. I can crack it, but it's difficult. It's almost like flinging around, <clears throat> flinging around a strand of wire with the way it bends and kind of just holds its shape. I did not bind any of the bellies, and it has a 22-inch fall, if that makes a difference. Um, David, it sounds like that whip needs to be broken in um, and also did you roll it and if so how much did you roll it these are all factors that can play into it you may have plated it too tightly for a shorter whip it's hard to tell if it is possible to plate too tightly I would say probably not but it may seem like you plated it too tightly because the break-in period for a whip that's been plated very tightly is going to be longer than a whip that has been plated too loosely or medium tension. So basically, if your whip is acting like that, I would tend to think that perhaps you should try rolling it a little bit more uh, or just 
use it a little bit more and, and have it um, giving give it a longer break in period time. Um, period time that was redundant, but who cares? So yes, yes, David, use the whip more. If you're still running into the same problem, you can uh, loosen your your plating a little bit um, from the halfway point to the end of the whip. You obviously do want to be plating as as tightly as you comfortably can without hurting your hands for the transition part. You said it's a snake whip, so what that means for a snake whip is the first foot should be plated very tightly because you want that to part you want that part to be like a spring. So the last two feet of the whip, you know, like I said, crack this whip, but if it doesn't loose up loosen up after a week for your next whip, maybe loosen your plating a little bit the second and third foot of the whip. And that'll help it flow a little bit better. So I don't know. That's a, that's tough to say, David. Um, if you you'd have to be pulling that thing unbelievably tight to be pulling it too tight. Maybe you are, you know. Um, but experiment with it. Give that whip more time. And uh, play by ear. Um, oh yeah, here here's a comment. Somebody commented on your comment, David, and said. Uh, maybe it's just it's just going to take a while of breaking in, and that's Larry. That's kind of what I what I'm guessing as well. And uh, David replied, "I really hope that's all it is, because I'm really happy with the look of it. It's only my second whip. Okay, that answers that question. It's your second whip. Made so I know I still have a lot to learn and skills to build on, but I just hate thinking that I messed it up somehow. Thanks for the input. Um, no, I I don't think you messed it up, David." I think uh, being your second whip, you know, there's there's still going to be plenty of things, like you said, that, that you'll kind of smooth out the more whips you make. Uh, one of them being um, the having equal tension all the way down the whip. It's easy to have more tension on the right side than the left side when you're starting off, especially for, for right-hand dominant people, such as myself. So, um, yeah, David, keep up the plating, man, and... Uh, Keep cracking that whip that you made and let me know uh, if it loosens up for you. Um, comment from Vincent. That's a good idea to create podcasts. Thanks, man. I'm having a good time with it. I really enjoy it. Uh, Danny. Like, bro. Thank you. This, that was on the Whipcast video. Here's a comment from Patrick on the Whipcast explanation video as well. Patrick says, Nick, I love the podcast, and I've been watching your videos for a hot minute now. Many years ago, a dear friend got me into whip cracking in college, and I fell instantly in love. She eventually got me to two-handed cracking, but I took a long holiday from whip cracking and all stage work up until, um, up until about two years ago when I couldn't take it anymore and quit my, my day job. I'd had for seven years for a boring desk job so I could have weekends off and fund my return to what I loved. Soon after, I, was disco I discovered your channel along with Adam Winrich as well, and my interest in whip cracking was renewed along with making whips, which I had never considered before. I have yet to make my first whip, but after the first episode of your podcast, I was determined no matter how it turned out, I was going to finally, uh, I was going to make my first whip. 
I only have a snake whip currently I've worked on, added a fall and a better cracker, as well as a, a shoulder injury, which has made cracking with my left arm a little more difficult, but not impossible. Two things I mainly wanted to say is that you, uh, is thank you so much for all you do. I plan to bring my first whip routine to stage next year in 2018, and I cannot wait. The second thing is a question. One thing that has held me back from starting making my first whip, I do not have a vice like you um, to use to hold your whips steady and create tension, nor do I really have a good place to mount one. I know they're pretty cheap, but I was wondering if you had any other methods or tips on securing a whip to help create tension when plating and such. I remember in one of Adam's videos, he lashed a rope slash tape whip he was making to a pole. So worst comes to worst, I could always try to lash it to a column on my porch. Thank you again for your time, good sir, and look forward to what the future holds. Patrick, thank you so much, man. Um, you know, I respect you for what you did, you know, going to that other job so you could have some time off. I respect that. I really do. You know what? It's, it's important to have time in your life to do what you want to do, you know, or otherwise you'll go crazy. You know, that's, that's your, your passion, obviously, is, is building things and creating things. And for you to find this channel, I think it was a, it was a great thing for you because create, people like yourself who are creative, they always have to be you know, doing something with their hands, building something with their hands, and uh, just a hands-on building craftsmanship kind of, kind of a thing. And whip making, is, it fits that perfectly. So that's awesome that you're able to finally get back into, uh, into whip making. That's great, and I, I wish you the best of luck. And if you ever have any questions, feel free to ask me, and, and I'll be happy to answer them uh, as best I can. Um, as far as the clamp goes, um, traditionally whip makers actually use a hook. They'll take a, a hook and screw it into the wall and plate over a hook. They'll, what you can do is take a, a loop and put it on the end of your, um, your handle. And using, using a hook on the wall is, is more typical for, for leather whips because you have a yoke where you have a hole in the leather and you just slip that right over the hook. But you can make it work uh, with, with nylon whips as well. You can just put a loop at the end, you know, lash it on a few times, a piece of leather or, or paracord or something, and then you'll just be hanging that, that handle from the hook. Just screw a hook into the wall, and that's how you can hold your whip. Um, so that's, that's another way uh, that you can do that, Patrick. Also, uh, the company Harbor Freight, um, which man they manufacture a whole bunch of tools online. You can find uh, some, some vices and some clamps for a great price. And these, these are portable ones that literally um, will screw uh, onto the bottom of a table like a C-clamp. And you can take it anywhere you want. I have one. I don't think it's made by Harbor Freight, but I, I take it to outdoor parks when the weather is nice. I'll literally load up my toolbox with all my, my supplies, and I'll go, hey, I'll bring a fishing, fishing rod too. And I'll go to the park, and I'll set it up, and I'm working outside. 
and it's just beautiful out there. So using a portable clamp is a great idea too, Patrick, if you want. And they're not very, they're not very expensive. You can get one for like 20, 25 bucks. A decent one too, cast iron. Um, so yeah, that, that's something that you can do and um, that, that, that can definitely help. I like using a vise more than I use, uh, more than I like using a hook. Probably because I'm used to the vise. Um, but try the hook. If that doesn't work, I would recommend getting a clamp, one of the ones that you can um, attach and screw onto the bottom of a table. Um, so yeah. Hey, good luck at your, um, your routine uh, on stage in, in, in 2018. That's fantastic. Congratulations to you. I hope your arm heals up fast, Patrick. And thank you so much for taking the time to, um, to talk about uh, your discovery of, of my channel and, and Adam's channel. And um, it means a lot to me and gives uh, me a sense of, of purpose with this channel because um, it helped you. It made your life better. And I'm, uh, that means that's the most important thing here to improve people's lives through through whip making so thank you patrick god bless your brother thanks for stopping by man um casey commented on your comment patrick with a link uh, oh yeah i gotta turn my internet back on let's see what that is i bet it's a clamp Oh, yeah. That's a suction cup clamp, so your table has to be perfectly smooth. I'm not a big fan of those. Um, it doesn't work very well on a workbench. It has to be a seal, a flat surface. So it could work, though, Casey, if the table's smooth enough. Um, yeah, Patrick, um, there's a lot more where that one came from. Here, I'll actually link one for you right here check this one out man yeah this one's great too paste yeah patrick check this one out man oh come on now there we go come on come on yeah, there we go. I just uh, pasted one from Amazon.com. This is one of those um, ones that clamps on the edge of a table. Check it out, Patrick. Thank you so much, man. Take care. Hope to hear from you. It's a comment from Jacob on the Whipcast video that I just made. Um, hey, Nick. Sorry for the many questions at once. It's, it's no problem because we got Whipcast now, and I can answer them very quickly. No need for the apology, my brother. Uh, I have a few questions. You said you would put uh, out a video about how different crackers affect the sound. Did I miss that somehow, or will it be coming out soon? Also, could you make a video explaining how you might do regular maintenance uh, upkeeps of a whip, of a bull whip, like rewaxing or something? Mine is starting to fray in odd places. Also, my fall and... Um, my fall end keeps fraying after about a dozen cracks after singeing it uh, and will then let go for the let go of the cracker after a few dozen more cracks is there something singe is is there some singeing technique i don't know about or is it my paracord 
Uh, yeah, Jacob, I do plan on making that video about different crackers. Uh, there's just been some different priorities um, currently. Um, but I, I am going to make that video. And about maintenance, yeah, I can do one of those. No problem. It's a good, it's a good topic, too, maintaining whips. Um, the fraying that you're experiencing in odd places. Um, the fall end keeps fraying. Like the fall itself or the fall hitch strands are fraying. Um, it's usually not typical for the, for the strands from the fall hitch to fray unless you're using the whip over gravel or any type of concrete. And it may not seem like it's going to harm the whip, but when you get that thing going the speed of sound and it hits anything hard with a remotely abrasive surface, uh, it's going to tear the whip up eventually. So, yeah, Jacob, I just ask you, you know, what kind of surfaces are you cracking on? Um, the fraying might not be due to the whip breaking the speed of sound, but it could perhaps be due to um, the surface that it's striking. Um, yeah, if you're singeing it, if you're singeing the end of the fall and it's still happening, I, I'm not sure what to say. Mm. Send me a picture, Jacob. Email me a picture, please, uh, of your whip, and I can uh, diagnose what might be going on. That'd be more helpful. Uh, here's a comment from Steve on the Whipcast explanation video. This is a great explanation, and your efforts are very much appreciated by us who are starting out in whip making. Thanks for being you. You are welcome, Steve. Jonathan commented on my bull whip for sale. This is an old video of a whip a few years ago, probably four years ago, five years ago. Paracord whip. Um, this is when I was just selling on eBay. Hey, Nick, I was wondering about the core. Do you leave the strands in it or do you take them out and thread the cord through itself? Um, let's see, around that time, what was I doing? Um, no, I, I would take the strands out every time back then. So, yeah. Yeah, Jonathan, I uh, never would leave the strands inside. Matthew commented on the creases and kinks video. Have you ever tried heat shrink wrap instead of tape? I think it would work neatly, especially at the handle. I have, Matthew. I have tried that. Um, but only about two inches worth of it. I took a two-inch section um, on the the steel handle and core before I started any of the bellies. Before I started the first belly, I took it and I heat shrunk it. Heat shrinked it? <laughs> heat shrinked it. <laughs> and uh, it kind of worked. I mean, it was never anything that um, seemed to be that special um, for me personally, but it did work good. It, it did add some rigidity to the transition. Um, I feel like if, uh, I was going to say, I feel like if I used it for more than like an inch or two, uh, it might be kind of, it might add a crease where, uh, where the heat shrink ends because heat shrink is all one level 
one consistency. It's it's one rigidity the whole length. You can't taper that. So I was I just had the feeling that it wouldn't be good to continue it on for more than two inches. But I never tried it, so that could be false. Um, so I would recommend uh, giving it a try, Matthew. And give us your report of how it worked. Brighton commented on the original six-foot bullwhip tutorial. It works so great it even hurt my dad's ears. Oh yes, whips are loud. And isn't it interesting, Brighton, how you probably are, are, are uh, observing this for the first time. Isn't it so fascinating how the crack of a whip is so directional? You crack it a certain way and it kills your ear. It's ringing. You can't hear anything barely. And then you do a nice cattleman's crack out in front of you and it shoots that sound out. So it's like it's not even deafening at all. It's just so... that When I first started cracking whips, that was the first thing that I noticed and was so amazed by as of how directional the sound is on a whip. How you can shoot it in any direction you want once you get... Uh, once you become more efficient with the whip. But yeah, Brighton, it's pretty remarkable that the sound that you're hearing is a little piece of material going faster than sound, and it makes an explosion. I love physics. It's so fantastic. Blue Rose Moon commented on the original six-foot tutorial. Thank you so much for the generous tutorial. And I would just like to say I've been watching this video uh, for four months to make a quote-unquote belt from my extreme Catwoman costume. I go, I go all out every year, most of the time, making a new weapon or a real prop each time. And I would like to happily say my whip is finally done and looking fly after 30 hours of work, six of which was figuring out the handle. Braid, no joke. Thank you. It was fun. You're very welcome, Blue Rose. I'm I'm so glad that your whip's done, and I always encourage um, videos. I always encourage um, a, um, just a little video of how your whips turned out, and a video of you cracking it or whatever. Or, or if you just want to send me some pictures of how it turned out, I'd, I'd love to see it. So I'm so glad that you found uh, the video helpful and. You were able to make something with it. That's great. Um, Twisted Horn Outdoors commented on my transition knot tutorial video and asked, how wide is the strip of leather? The one that I used, um, the one that Twisted Horn Outdoors is referring to is the strip of leather that I used as a knot foundation for the transition in that video. And it was uh, half an inch in width. That was the standard back then. And it still kind of is. I actually haven't been using leather lately for, uh, for my transition knot foundations. I'll literally take some artificial sinew and just wrap it and build it up a few times. Put in a couple nails and tie a knot over that. And it's a more sleek look. Um, the knot kind of hugs, hugs the whip a little tighter. And I like that look better. Um, it's just a phase I went through for a while using a uh, leather. I, I just didn't like how tall that, that transition knot st stood up. After a while, I just didn't like it anymore, and I felt that it looked better um, without. 
So yeah, I, I use it as about half an inch in width. Okay. More questions. Man, you hear that internet making that sound? To keep turning it off. Brighton commented, you're the llama of all llamas. <laughs> That's so funny that you said that. This is a comment on my how to make a six-foot uh, bullwhip, the original video. It's so funny, Brighton, because and when I went to high school, um, people jokingly called me a llama. So it must have been um, something they saw in me uh, and something that you see in me. You see the llama in me too. And thank you. <laughs> no, that's that's really funny. It's a very that's very coincidental. Or maybe it's not. Maybe I'm just a llama in real life. No, that's funny. Uh, another comment from Matthew on the how to make a snake whip tutorial. I have an idea. Did you ever think of using copper uh, wood guitar strings as the, as your core or copper wound? Excuse me. Did you ever think of using copper wound guitar strings as your core? Uh, I've not, Matthew. I tend to think that that wouldn't work very well. Um, I mean, you, yeah, I think there's better materials to use. Never let, ne never let something that I say stop you guys from trying it. I don't mean to say don't experiment with, with, with different ideas. You know, it's not my intent. I just personally wouldn't try it. But Matthew, don't don't let me stop you from trying it if you want to, because I've never tried it before. Maybe it, maybe it would work. I I don't think it would, but give it a try. Um, here's another comment from Matthew. This is on the six foot bullwhip tutorial. You could use electrical shrink wrap instead of tape. Would be neater. That's that is that is true, and we addressed that a few moments ago. Um, here's a comment from Colby on my whip repair video. Just talk my video where I talk about how I'll repair whips. Um, hey man, can you fix my whip for me? And I actually commented and said, yes. And I said, I can. And Colby said, how much you cost me to make all new one? And to that I say, please visit um, from there Kobe you can uh, see some of my prices for new whips uh, and or contact me uh, here is a comment on my how to make a bull whip six foot original tutorial video almost has two million views now it's crazy Apocalypse Zero. Hi, Nick. Just started on my first four-foot 12-plat using this video as a reference in terms of how to plate. Plate. Uh, hope I didn't assume too much, but there's no specific tutorial how to do a four-foot 12-plat build. So thanks for your techniques and wish me the best. Yeah, it's the same principle, um, just shorter strands. But the principle is the same. 
Um, Jeremy commented on my waxing tutorial. Hey, Nick, love your work. I waxed one of my whips. It kind of made the yellow cord look dirty. Uh, no, that's... No, that's, that's where we started last week. We already addressed that one. So that's it for YouTube comments for this week. We got through those pretty fast. Let's see. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's it. Cool. Awesome. What other things do I want to mention on this show? Podcast number. We're already to podcast number four. Moving right along. I just got back home, guys. I was gone for 45 minutes, and you guys had no idea. I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> I just filled up my gas tank for tomorrow morning. I'm going to uh, eastern Lake Michigan. Yeah, it was west Michigan. Um, and I'm going to hang out at the beach pretty much all day looking for water spouts, a type of tornado that forms uh, over warm water with cold air aloft. So I am so tired. Got to get to bed. Um, thank you guys for listening to episode four of Whipcast. And I will see you on the next one. Good night, good morning, good afternoon. See you in the next one. Bye.